Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Hello, welcome. Happy Friday. Time to look back on the week and chat about all things parenting. I used to sit in the preschool in tears. All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot. (laughs) Dad, Dad, catch this. Boom, I've done a poo. Stop stabbing your sister. From the news desk to the nursery. Mum! This is The Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Welcome. This is the show where we let the parents do the talking because... As we all know, when there are small children around, it's very hard to finish a sentence. A mum and a dad chosen for their very valuable skills in raising children come into the studio to share their take on the news of the week. Today we have wise mum, Bron Mandel, founder of Mum Life and Mum of Three. Hello, Bron. How are you? <laughs> and Glenn Urquhart. Oh, well done. Thank you. I was Bravo. <laughs> I didn't. I almost didn't get there. He's a freelance creative and an insightful dad of two girls. Hello, Glenn. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How has your week of parenting been, people? How have you been doing? Uh, it's been very loud, actually. I've had a I've had a yelly week. I'll be honest. Lot of yelling. You're yelling at the kids, not them yelling at you, or a both. Bit of both. <laughs> a bit of both. And yelling at the husband. Yelling at the neighbours. Like I'll just yell. <laughs> It's been that kind of week. <laughs> Do you have pets as well? No, I will fish. They don't listen very well. Okay. Like well, the kids. Well, fair enough. <laughs> Glenn, have you had a yelly week? Oh, week? What's your week? Yeah, uh, cut any squash balls. Um, failing <laughs> at getting my child to read enough and realising she's um, the lowest in the class at the reading colours. That, that's hard. Losing the matific login. Uh, well, like, seriously. Oh, I that's suck. a primary school dad. Yeah, that yeah. is That is yeah, total yeah. hard yards. <laughs> yeah, it is. And losing the password on the maths homework, that is big because <sighs> that's probably the only bit of homework they like doing. I know. I know. Because it's kind of a game for those of you who don't have kids in. I tried to log in on Matific and and we realised it wasn't working. Then we found an email from February which um, (laughs) said, oh, we gave you the new logins. And, you know, it was in the folder. I mean, it's a piece of paper, you know. Wait, what month are we in now? It's only five Password months. Angst, I, I right? am yeah. loving that we are starting on such a high note. Woo. Yay! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> well, the things we're going to be talking about today are should parents who don't volunteer step up to the plate? How parent, working parents banish the guilt? What superhero would you most like to see on the big screen? And first up, though, we're going to be speaking about Insta-famous mums. Are they the real deal or is it all a front? And why have the Kardashians got everyone in a tizzy yet again? Like, you know, they're heavy because she's in the left. She's like this, but she's anorexic here. Her arms yeah. are like pin thin. They're like my pinky. Wait, what was that, Kendall? No, like, I'm really concerned. I don't think you're eating. What? You look so skinny. What? Oh, my God. Thank you. So when our producer, Elise Cooper, put that bit of audio together, I thought she'd actually made it up. Like, I thought she'd found gro- like a grab of someone going, what? But apparently that is real. <laughs> that is what uh, the bit of audio that's really caused a stir this week. Um, in it, Kim Kardashian, as you heard her, is being told by her sister Chloe and half-sister Kendall that she looks anorexic. And then you hear Kim's joy at the observation. And the reference to anorexia um, being a good thing is particularly troubling given the amount of basic um, health products, they call them health products, the Kardashians, Kardashians sell 
through endorsements on their Instagram account. So, you know, I'm having this shake while I do a workout looking amazing. But should we really be surprised? And it made me think about all the mums on Instagram that are now famous. Many use their accounts to make money. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a business. Um, and they're still saying they're real mums. So despite the fact that um, their photos are really heavily curated, they look beautiful, they might be getting spray tans, whatever, they're still real mums. And there seems to be a disconnect between what they post and the picture that goes alongside it. Bronwyn, do you think famous mums on Insta are generally portraying a real image or is there more going on there? Well, I guess it comes down to a definition of real because um, I think that's quite blurred these days. Um, I thought, look, unless we're going to watch someone 24-7, are we ever going to really see real? And even then, if we know we're being observed, chances are we're not going to be eating, you know, the last out of the cereal box with our hands. <laughs> <laughs> but look, hashtag realness. This has been a consequence. I mean, I, I've been in that kind of area for a long time um, and have never been an influencer. I just want to put that out there. But I think that they are about as real as the rest of us. And if they're making some money out of that, then happy days for them. I think my only issue with the whole business is I, I get really cranky that the pretty girls get to do it. Yeah. And the rest of us don't. <laughs> so that really irritates me. It's a very good That's point. That's another thing the pretty girls get to do. Yeah. Um, but other than that, honestly, it's as real as you like. If that, Yes, they're shilling us some stuff, but the great news is we don't have to buy it if we don't want to. That's true. I mean, the point about that that's interesting for me is that when you say the pretty girls get to do it, when it was just blogging, before mm. it was Instagram, anyone could do it and have a huge following. And now when you look at the pictures that are of the ones that are really popular, it yeah. seems to me anyway that you're right. They are pretty. They're voluptuous. They're beautiful, even though they might be saying, I'm still I'm real. Not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm so real. Yeah. But that's on us though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it, it is still pretty democratic. I mean, I, I probably check their followers. I reckon 100 million, we just men perving on them, really. Possibly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yummy mummies. I, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm torn. I mean, I have, a, I have a philosophical objection to social media, I think it's this generation's heroin. I think we should all get off Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The cesspools, and they're fake, and they're horrible, and I don't feel good whenever <laughs> I look at them. That said, I do. They do have a certain benefit, but I think you know you need to moderate that. But I, I just think if you go in knowing what Instagram is, and it has, does have a sheen on it, it's it, to me it's the same as photoshopping fashion magazines. It's got a sheen of fakeness to it, and it's selling an aspiration. And if you go in knowing that and taking it with a grain of salt then that's okay. I mean, I personally wouldn't, but... Well, that's that's my question, though, um, Glenn, being we're all in the media, so we can call yeah. these people with lots of followers. We call them influencers, mm. but Joe Blow on the street, who's just following them because they like their account, don't know that they have that kind of buying power, I guess. And I'm wondering, mm. Glenn, if you see that as problematic when we talk about them being real and... Yeah. People saying, oh, you know, they're doing a, they're just looking, they're just sitting and eating a bowl of cereal when in reality they've got three beautiful lights on exactly. them and yeah. they've just had their face made up. I guess I'm taking it for granted. I mean, I'm, pro I'm probably making an assumption because, you know, I've lived in cities all my life and I've worked in the media that I know how contrived all of this is. But but by the same token, I, I feel like uh, aren't we all a little bit more savvy and knowledgeable now? Maybe, maybe Joe Blow, you know, doesn't realise this, but... On some level, I'm surely we do. I mean, you know, the Kardashians, you see the fakery behind it if you if you watch that show and it's kind of celebrated. I mean, I do, uh, I, I massively object to the whole flat tummy shake thing. I think it's, 
I think it's bollocks. I think it's dangerous as well. But Especially for mothers, because yeah, Lord knows it's, it's very it's hard real. to get that off. We had some interesting comments on Facebook, if I could read them for you. Um, Kim says, I only recently started following a couple of mummy bloggers. I find some relatable. And those that show the unattainable or unrealistic side of parenting, I simply cease to follow. I think it was Olivia White that said, if anyone you're following doesn't fit your beliefs or the content makes you feel bad, then stop following them. I find House of White and Mel Watts to be the most realistic for my own experience of parenting. Um, and Katie says, I don't I don't know how to tell if they're an influencer. I just follow it. A few who keep it real, both the good and bad sides of parenting. So I guess that's Amen. a little bit of yeah. what you're and saying. It is that thing, isn't it? You get, you get the extremes of either. It's either really, really pretty or it's someone having a massive whinge. It's very rare mm. to see the middle bits, which is what parenting is mainly about because, frankly, the middle bits are boring enough to they live. Are. <laughs> Let alone yeah. to watch someone else no, living. So when we <laughs> talk about keeping it real, how real do we really want to have it? It's entertainment, uh, you know, isn't it? That's how I see it. Oh, I love it. Okay, next we're talking about whether parents should be volunteering more. Volunteers are desperately needed. We don't have enough fathers on our PTA. I don't have time for this, Kimmy. Do it for me. Do it for love. Nope. So volunteering is something that's supposed to go hand in hand with school-aged kids, apparently. Um, apparently, jo- uh, journalist Colette Beck is a mum on a mission. She's written an open letter to parents saying that if you don't volunteer, you need to step up to the plate, whether it's at school, daycare, you know, it could be weekends at sports events if you don't have kids at school. Um and she says that those that volunteer have the same time pressures as those who don't. So they work, have kids and struggle to fit everything in. Glenn, you have a child at school. Should we all be volunteering more? Um, uh, being incredibly diplomatic, uh, I sort of agree and disagree with, with Colette there. I, I think we don't all have the same time pressures. I think some of us are, you know, find it really hard. I do think there's a great value in doing it and I've, I've done it a few times. I mean... I haven't helped on sports days yet, but I've been on an excursion with 155-year-olds to <laughs> the National Gallery. It's my first ever school excursion. And At I, last? Yeah, I, I, I staggered to the pub for three shots of tequila after that because that was just... <laughs> that was so, I, I had, at the end of the day, they all went mad and they, they started crawling all over me like little zombies and I was walking around with three kids attached to my leg. I was just like, this, this, is this normal? Um, and I'm doing a talk on Science Week all about Jupiter next week. So I'm, I'm doing my best to volunteer when I can. Um, and it is a stress. I haven't done the presentation and I'm terrified. It's, what am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but Wikipedia. Yeah, exactly. Pretty pictures. Um, and I'm going to wear an astronaut suit as well, just to sort of distract oh, them. Uh, but I think there's a great value in volunteering. It, it's a right punish. You, you stick your hand and be like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. And then it gets close and you're just thinking, why, why did I say yes? This is, I don't have time for this. But once you actually do it, you know, it, it is a great value, I think. And you do get to know their mates. You know, like Colette said, I've, I've forged a good relationship with my eldest daughter's friends because I know who they are as well, which is helpful. And Very that leads helpful. to play dates. And so, mm. what, what do you think, Bron? Because your, uh, yeah. your kids are older now. I'm sure you've been through this. I've been through this. Uh, and I'm still going through this. I mean, like, the kids are still at school and therefore, you know, parent volunteers are needed throughout, unfortunately. But I look, I say that from... I say unfortunately, but I've written about this many, many times because I am staunchly in the get in there and mm. volunteer time brigade. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't say I've got any more time than anybody else and potentially even less than some being a working mum, but I've volunteered 
an enormous amount of my time over the years and will continue to do so because I think that's what you need to do. Mm. Um, I don't sit around waiting for someone else to step up and do the jobs that parents need to do uh, simply because it's my duty. I think it's a duty Do you duty get more though? You, mean, you know how they say give something to a busy person and you'll get it done and you do. so all the people yeah. that are chilling yeah. out with their pina coladas. Do you find that that creates more stress in your life? No, because I've just learned over the years to say no to some things and yes to others. Um, like, I'm I'm definitely not a person that feels that other people run away with my time. Like I'm in charge there, um, and you know, as things have changed, like you know, I work out of the home three days a week uh, and work at home two days a week. So I'm a full time worker. Uh, so these days, I do things that I can fit in uh, differently. Um, I don't have the same ability to go and do canteen duty or go on an excursion, um, but I do do one of the school's websites. I do do other, you know other so things you find that I can things manage. That you can volunteer yeah, I'm their cyber do. safety officer, and I'm this and I'm that. There are so many jobs that need filling and usually a handful of people that fill yeah. them. But there's so many things other parents can do. There's I the regular it... commitments. Sorry. No, sure. no. There's, there's the regular commitments, isn't there? That's yeah. what I struggle with. I can't commit yeah. to regular stuff. I can do these one-off things exactly. as much as you can. So but... do the one-off thing. Yeah. Or even just do a one-off thing by doing one canteen duty. Yeah. Or, um, I never thought of that. Oh, yeah. I'm with mm. Colette, man. You get in there and you do what you can because schools, for whatever reason, and this is another bugbear, still rely on parents' help. I don't think that should be the case, but it is. And that's the reality for your kid's school. And it's incredibly rewarding, not just because your kids see you and that you're part of it, but I definitely know my children's schools in a way that I never would have if I didn't volunteer my time. And I feel that I'm very much part of their education as a result. My struggle with volunteering is is that working full time and, and then not having everything fall apart to do something. Mm -hmm. So a a good example was today, it wasn't volunteering, it was just going to an open class to um, see how the the kids do stuff. And we hadn't been able to make it to the athletics carnival. I'm like, I have to go. But I know I also have to leave at 2.30 to pick my daughter up. So that ends up making my working day, which should be seven hours, four. And so all of a sudden, every... (laughs) Everything is falling on top of me. Um, and I, I wonder, I, I see the benefit of volunteering. I love being there at the school, but the stress it mm, causes me. Stress infiltrates home then. It does. Yeah. Well, everything. Like poor mm. Elise, the producer's there going, can you do this? Can you do that? I'm like, no, I can't. I've got <laughs> yeah. four hours. And, and potentially, like, you know, I don't spend a lot of time at the school anymore. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you can do from home at night. That's what I like. I like the idea of helping out with, um, because it does feel a lot like the things that you're asked to do at school mean you need to be physically there. Mm. And Mm. so I I like this idea. I think maybe what you can do is think outside the circle and outside the square, I should say, and and find ways you can help that fit your timetable. Yeah, even if it's picking up books to take home to cover. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so many little jobs that a school needs that I I actually think most parents would be really surprised at how much parent volunteers actually do if you're not in there. Doing you it. don't know. That's right. How it's much invisible. your fellow parents are actually picking up the slack. It's so a bit of a revelation. Go and ask. Just go ask and the speak office. to your class rep or shivers. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so you are volunteering. 
Uh, yeah. yeah. In theory. <laughs> Sending out those emails. See, it works. Yeah, yeah I, I can do it on my phone. All right. Well, you've inspired me, Bron. I can see what you're saying now. She's going to give us a kick up I the butt, know. Glenn. Next time we see her, yeah. we're going to have to report back what we have done. What have you done? <laughs> you're listening to the Parent Panel on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt. My guests today are Bronwyn Mandel, the founder of Mum Life, and freelance creative Glenn Urquhart. Up next, how do you banish the working parent guilt? Working parent. I'm a mother and a father. I already feel guilty about leaving them and you. I work hard and provide for my family just fine. As a working parent, I spend a lot of time feeling guilty about managing the balance between my work, my life, um, my work life, my career, my family, my friends. And I read a piece this week by Lucy Kippis from Kindling where she went through some of uh, some tips on how you might banish that working parent guilt, including things like turning off your phone at dinner time and making the short time between pick up and bedtime count. Um, Bronwyn, how do you make connection with your kids when you're busy? You've got three. I've got three. Um, I think it goes a lot deeper than, than the little things that we can do to spend more time with the family. And that is, for me, I, I very rarely feel any mum guilt. Um, and I never kind of have. And I know I know that sounds kind of weird, but not when you think about the fact that I've always been very clear about what I value. And while some people could say, oh, but you value family. How can you be a full-time working parent and blah, blah, blah. But the fact is I value what I'm actually showcasing to my family and I value how I'm role modelling to my family. So while... Well, I know a lot of parents sort of perceive that kind of thing to be about the presence with your with your children, how much time you spend together. For me, it's a matter of just simply saying, I can't make that little uh, activity at the school because, you know, mum's at work and I don't make excuses for that. I don't want them to hear me saying, oh, I can't come, I'm at work. Like work's a really terrible place to be and I, it's taking me away from you. <clears throat> for me, it's all about the positivity and I simply say I'm at work and I'm doing this today, I say, and this is what I'm up to and I bring them into my working life. Um, and that to me is more important than actually being at the award ceremony or whatever happens to be because then they're seeing someone who loves them very dearly and is also out there contributing somewhere else. So do I feel guilty about contributing elsewhere? No, I don't. What a great way to look at it. I love it. I I did that. I would feel really, I would sort of say work is a bad thing. And I remember self-regulating like a little over a year ago going, you've got to stop making work out to be a bad thing. It's Mm. a really necessary thing and you can be empowered by it. That's and so it's good. also this expectation of children that that their parent, their mother, especially, and sorry, Glenn, but you know, is that's is right. always going to be there. Like that, everyone else's mum's at the whatever, and I'm like, that's great. Maybe next week I'll be at something and she won't be. Because parents, we tag in and out. We've got other things going on. I don't ever want my kids to think they're the centre of my universe because there's a lot of things in my universe and they're just part of my universe. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I need to get Bron in every week. We can just <laughs> learn from Bronwyn. Just follow me around and whisper in my yes. ear. Glenn, 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 stop doing that. Hey, Glenn, maybe you could make an app. That is Bron. Yes. Bron's advice. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll call it Bron this. wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. All and right, every, guys. every situation. <laughs> Steady on there. <laughs> what would Bron do? <laughs> All right. Now you've got to answer the question, no, Glenn. No. How do you, how do you? Because I mean, it indicates what you're just saying. Then is that you have felt guilty about? I mean. I, about the time that you've worked. And I wonder if that also has something to do with the fact that you might have to travel for work. I got the yeah, feeling yeah, you have yeah, to travel God, for work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go away a lot. I mean, yeah, I go away to conferences overseas. I mean, I'm a 
Burning Man, you know, like a so it's gonna be youthful. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> Good lord, uh, but yeah, I um I, I do get guilt. I have been uh, driven by guilt, but actually, it's it is driven by you know wanting to be there for my kids, and I, I think I actually do. We, uh, my partner and I, Jen, we talk about this a lot. We say you know that we we do too much for them. You know, we, we, sometimes you catch yourself just being bossed around. You're going wait wait a second. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult. Uh, <laughs> Pick um, up your own piece of yeah, cheese from the floor. Yeah, colour in your own bloody butterfly. Um, <laughs> so I think it's two things with me. It is, uh, you know, I do have a bit of guilt about not being there enough for my kids because when I'm, I'm away for long periods sometimes and I work long hours every now and then and it's feast and famine with me and when I'm not working, I, I try and carve out as much time with them as possible. And that leads into kind of my selfishness is that I, I really enjoy hanging out with the kids. Like, mm. I really do. Like, I want to sort of hang out with them and play with them a lot, you know. And I feel guilty. I just It's sort of sadness that I don't get I to do that say, enough. I wonder, if, I wonder if what parents are actually experiencing is guilt because they think they're doing the wrong thing by their kid because you're not. Yeah. Or whether it's regret and sadness because I'd really like to be there. Oh, and this is how I talk to the kids. I sort of say, I'd really love to come. But mm. I can't. You know what I mean? Mm. And there's nothing about... It's not guilt, guys. It's not guilt. You Mine's know? guilt. <laughs> yeah, I, it drives me a bit, but I, I turn it into a positive. I, I get the sadness too. I totally yeah. get that. There are times... Um, I know when I, I was dropping my son off and um, at my mum's house, and I, I used to have more time with my daughter than my... I've had more time with my daughter than my son because he was the second. And I remember dropping him off at mum's and he'd just be skipping along, his little blonde hair waving in the wind. And I would walk walk back to the car almost in tears because Mm. I was so sad that I wasn't spending that time with him. And then there are other times when I think, hashtag mum fail. Because I'm, I'm not there I'm not present enough or I'm not doing something. Are you present enough though? Like, is it oh, I because am you're not, so present. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, yeah. are you present enough? And, and, and a lot of it is, okay, do you want to live in a guilty kind of way? Like as in if you really genuinely are feeling guilty that you're not spending enough time with your kids, well, do then maybe you're not spending it. enough time with your kids. Do you yeah, know what I mean? And then therefore things need to shuffle, mm. things need to change. And that's where lists like what Lucy's put forward can really help or whatever. But I just want people to fundamentally look at the why they're feeling guilty before they start to try to fix the how. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so for and that it, reason. It, and there's a really interesting, I think, attitude to parenting today. So I was speaking to someone who was a bit older and she said, I don't remember this being a thing 20 years no, ago. God, I mean, you know, you just let your kids play wherever. You didn't have to be there all the time. Yeah, we're so involved and engaged. They're so oh, spoiled. Totally, yeah. My dad used to go to the pub and leave us on the steps outside for about two <laughs> yeah. hours. Did I you get a bag that, of yeah. crisps? No, we just we used to wander around the museum outside. It was so boring. I know. <laughs> when, my, when my kids were really little, my mum used to actually say, step away from the children. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The handling of the children yes. used to drive her nuts. Like, you're just always in there. Let them do their thing. Let them have space. Yeah. And I think that was a really good thing that probably contributed to my laissez-faire attitude about it all. <laughs> because I really grew up thinking, um, you know, with the children as we grew together, I really grew up thinking, well, God, let's leave them alone. Let them have some yeah. time on their own. Let them be the representative of our family at this event at school. Like, I'll say, you know, like, I can't come, but hey, you're going to be there, you know. It, you're going to be there to witness your own thing. You you can do it. Um, I think it works. Oh, I love it. Works it. for me. Good, isn't it? It is good. One wins. Uh, yes. <laughs> copyright it. Can we copyright it now? Does she need? Do we need her permission? Yeah, no, tell her. Okay. You're making me itchy. <laughs> <laughs> Our phone number is 
final topic this week in just a moment. What superhero do you most want to see on the big screen? Model. You, a female superhero. With great power comes great responsibility. No caps. Good old Edna Mode, my favourite character from The Incredibles. No more caps. No caps. Uh, Aussie actor Ruby Rose has just been cast to play a gay Jewish Batwoman, and uh, it shows, I guess, to me, a more enlightened way of embracing all the superheroes from the DC universe. I am not a huge fan, but I know it is complex. I know there are many, many superheroes we've never heard of, Um, and I'm wondering if you could put a superhero on the big screen for your kids to look up to, um, real or imagined, Glenn, who would it be? Oh, it's a good question. I did have a think about this yesterday. I mean, uh, I haven't got a superhero that I want to see on the big screen, but it is a character. I mean, I I brainwashed my daughters into Star Wars um, at a very early age, using Chewbacca as the teddy bear, obviously, for anyone else (laughs) planning on doing that. Chewbacca is the way in for children. Okay. Obviously. Good to know. Uh, But Rey is is a real source of inspiration. I mean, they they love watching Rey um, from the new Star Wars films and Princess Leia as well, because the huge thing for me with daughters was... Um, is the princess warrior. So, you know, to try and subvert the princess kind of myth, you know, just because you're a princess doesn't mean to say you can have to brush hair all day, although you can do that if you want. Um, <laughs> you know, was that was I remember Lolly just saying, you know, looking at Princess Lane, going, she's a princess. I was like, yeah, she's a princess and she's a badass. You know, she's running around, you know, shooting meanies and jumping across holes. And um, I also remember the exact moment when I, I waited till Lolly was a bit old enough and I showed her the Wonder Woman trailer. And I watched, I actually watched her mind blow when she watched it. Her her mouth dropped open, her eyes went wide, and she watched Wonder Woman do this knee slide with her shield. Oh, yes, that's a great and, um, moment. She ran to the kitchen and picked up a saucepan lid and, started, and, and got an old bit of string and started running around with her whip and a saucepan lid immediately. And then her best friend Hendrix came over, who's a little boy, and they both started pretending to be Wonder Woman. And I was just like, this is brilliant, because as important as it is for girls to have role models on screen of which there are many you know there's Gamora Guardians of the Galaxy there's Wonder Woman there's Captain Marvel coming soon and all the Star Wars films yeah yeah yeah. and Rogue One Star Wars another (laughs) female hero it's so good you've got to love Star Wars the new ones for having female leads as well Um, but what was super important for me um, was the boys uh, play acting as female superheroes as Wonder Woman I I think that's of equal importance as the girls having these great role models as boys Mm. you know being able to sort of role play as female mm. superheroes. So in answer to your question, um, I'm I'm pretty happy with the state of affairs. I mean, we don't have any made-up superheroes, maybe apart from Poo Poo Head or something like that. <laughs> I can probably play like that. Well, maybe you can come back from Burning Man and tell us what, yeah. what oh, you've seen there. No, I don't tell Change the kids man. what you saw there. No, no. <laughs> Are these shows for the adults? We can hear. Yeah. So, Bron, what about you? Do you have one that you'd like to see? Ah, oh, look, I've got to say, um, superheroes and stuff have always terrified me my whole life. Like, there's just a lot of striving involved. Do you know what I mean? Certain a lot of a lot of energy consumption going on. Um, a lot of bravery required. So for me, I um I would like to see superheroes exhibiting those kind of traits, but in a much more low key way. That, <laughs> That the um, the non-strivers of the world, like me, can relate to. Like, I've never really seen a superhero role model just kind of sitting around quietly mulling over the issue and figuring out intellectually the best approach and then ringing his mates because, let's face it, we can't do it alone. Yeah. And then together, a little 
bit kind of like Secret Seven, but not quite as daggy, is what I'm With thinking. With great power comes great delegation. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is I, brilliant. Yes, I don't know. I, I, I haven't mulled it out enough, but I'm just thinking something like that. We can work on that. We can work on that. Glenn, Bron, thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure. Pleasure. That was Bron Mandil, founder of Mum Life and freelance creative Glenn Urquhart. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. The Parent Panel, new episodes every Friday.